It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Eric, it's interesting that Scripture seems to indicate that there's great forgiveness when it comes to the person of Jesus. In other words, uh, even when he's mocked, scourged, uh, his back is bleeding, he's hanging upon a cross, there's still forgiveness in that. And yet there's this thing out there where it's like there's something against the Holy Spirit that doesn't seem that it's forgivable. Could you you even make sense of all this? Well, and... We decided that that could be a good place to start, not because that's really our desire to focus on that, but this idea of the how the enemy wields that exact thought, and yeah. as it's expressed, is you know the the unpardonable sin. What is it? Uh, the sin against the Holy Spirit, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which is a weird trip up point for our culture today. Oh yeah, I mean, there's a lot well, of people how about who young are... men that come to Ellerslie. I mean, this <laughs> we is we like, do with this every semester. This is it's a, a huge big struggle. Yeah, and it's like the devil plays it. He, the devil hates scripture, but why does he always wield scripture when it comes to this exact issue? And to me and, I, and you, I, we, we talk about it, and it's it's very clear to us. It's it's not a tripping point, and that's why I think we just wanted to start there, just to sort of clear some of the fog, because the mechanics of certainty, which is what we're talking about, you need to know where you stand with God. And this shouldn't be a waffle point. This shouldn't be a confusing point. This shouldn't be a fog bank. The Word of God is clear. And so if we believe it, well, it shouldn't uh, hinder us. But what if the Word of God is the one that we're tripping over? And that's the, the, the case in the here. Jesus is going to offer something at that cross. He is going to shed his blood and he's going to give us forgiveness. He's going to give us clothing. He's going to give us redemption. He's going to do exactly what is needed to see us crucified to our old life, have that old life buried, and then raise us new to a new life and even seat us in heavenly places. I mean, it's just extraordinary. The gospel is profound. And, but we can harm that message. We can harm the the one who brought that message, Jesus, and we can be forgiven. But why is it that if we sin against the Holy Spirit, we can't be forgiven? That doesn't make any sense. Or at first blush, it may not. However, the one who is carrying the message of Jesus, the hope of salvation, the glory of the gospel is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes to us, He is laboring to win us, to convince us to the fact that God loves us, that God died for us, that God desires us to be set free from this bondage. If we go through our life resisting that call of what Jesus did via the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's the one knocking, the Holy Spirit's the one beckoning, the Holy Spirit's the one pursuing us. But if we harden to the Holy Spirit, if we push him away and we breathe our last, well, He was carrying to us the only means of forgiveness. So the only thing that can't be forgiven is resisting the one that is bringing forgiveness. And so it, to me, it's not confusing, but I think it's important for us to recognize that the, it is the greatest thing that we can do wrong is to resist the one who is carrying to us the mercy of God, the one who is carrying to us the one singular hope of salvation to spurn him means to spurn the very one who uh, is bringing us that hope. And so it's just important for us to clear that out of the way. I, I think <clears throat> maybe even take it one step further. The, the question I often get is, well, is there, is there any sin that God won't forgive? And the actu- the answer actually is no. There's, he will forgive everything. Yeah. 
unless I don't receive forgiveness. Yeah. And to to almost to illustrate what you were just saying, uh, the picture I usually give is like if say I have this cup yeah. and I go here, Eric, I want to give you this cup. Yeah. But if you never take the cup, yeah. well, then you never experience the benefits of this yeah. cup. Yeah. And so, in a very similar sense, with the Holy Spirit, the God is giving us; He's desiring all men to be saved. And yet, if I keep, as you were saying, is if I, if I keep pushing Him aside, well, then I'll never be forgiven because yeah. I'm rejecting the the sole means of forgiveness. Yeah. But I think it's encouraging for me to recognize that there's not a deed I can do yeah. that is unforgivable. Yeah. It's when I spurn the Holy Spirit, who is yeah. the gift, yeah. or bring in the gift of forgiveness. Yeah. So we're talking about the mechanics of certainty because it flows out of the message from right. Sunday, which on Monday when you and I met, you didn't want to say the title of the message because it was a little too hard to get off your tongue. So I'll say it Good. for you. Yes. Uh, all right. In an age of shrinking wafflers. So that, that's what the name of the message is. And it's more profound than it probably sounds. <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is a phenomenal message. And I, I think it's a message, though you even said in the message that it's almost like hearkening back to the first things. It's yeah. hearkening back to foundations. Yeah. But I think all of us need the reminders of the foundations. So if someone hasn't heard that message, you know, I would highly encourage them to go to ellersley.com and go to sermons. Or if they're listening this week, go to ellersley.com forward slash daily and mm-hmm. listen to the message. Because even though we're unpacking it, the truths that you're bringing out of that message, especially what we're going to be talking about for the rest of this time, this idea of assurance and confidence, that is so important in the Christian life. In other words, it's not that we can just, we should not be on sinking sand. Yeah. We need to have a bold confidence yeah. in our God. Could you even flesh out that concept of when we're talking about assurance, when we're talking about certainty, yeah. maybe maybe two, two aspects of that. One, why is that important in the Christian yeah. life? But then two, how do we how do we have it? Yeah. Well, first of all, it's something that God desires us to have, and I think we need to all know that that he's he, he's not a a purveyor of waffling and of fog banks and of confusion. That isn't what he does. He brings clarity. He brings sureness. Faith is based upon rock. It's based upon something solid. It's not based upon wishful thinking. And God is rock. His word is rock. He has given us something to stand on. And so many of us encounter Christ. We believe in Christ in sort of that general way, like, yes, I believe God is there. I believe he did this for me. But then when winds and rains start beating, we're, we feel wobbly need, which is, of course, where this message comes in, is talking about this idea of full assurance or this idea of certainty, this confidence that you and I both have. We know our position. If someone says, what is your position? I'm in Christ. How are you in Christ, Eric? By faith. You see, I, I know where I'm at and I know how I got there. And But I understand the mechanics of those things, the inner workings, which is why we wanted to sort of bring this out, the mechanics of certainty. It's, it's based on three key things, faith, the power of God, and the nature of God. Many of us have a, even if it's simple, a simple faith, we have faith and we see something and that, that faith is going to place its confidence in this promise, in this word of truth, this, this revelation. And ultimately it's Jesus, the word made flesh. This is what, where we're placing our, our faith, but the power of God is critical for us to recognize that the one in whom we trust, we need to know that he has the power to perform our salvation, that he is able to do 
everything that he said he would do, which is why we believe in the power of God. It's a sort of a strange statement. It's like, well, I thought I believed in Jesus. You do. But you need to believe that Jesus is able. You see, I can make all sorts of statements. You know, I could, I could make a statement like, you know what, Nathan? I could pick up both of these chairs, uh, one Whoa. hand and then with the other. And you could be like, I doubt that. And then I prove it to you. I'm like, on, on my fingers, you're like, wow, he really did it. And then I said, you know, Nathan, I could pick up this whole building. And, you know, maybe you'd doubt it. But then if I did it, okay, that would be quite something, right? You, you would be like, huh, maybe he can. You see, Eric is going to fail at some point in my bragging, right, of what I can do. Because you're not supposed to put your faith in the power of Eric. That's just a bad idea. I'm just going to say that to everyone that's listening. You just don't put your faith in the power of Eric because Eric can't do it. I can't work your salvation. God can. And so, therefore, when we put our faith in the power of God, we believe the power of God. We're believing not just that Jesus died and that he resurrected, but that that work is able to save us. And that's why we trust in the power of God, his ability to do what he promised to do. So it's not just that he gave us a promise, it's that he can perform that which he promised. And then the nature of God, these, these threefold things going together. And the nature of God is that he doesn't change. So, oh, yeah, well, maybe he was able to do it, you know, 2,000 years ago and he was able to pull that off for people. But, you know, God's grown old and maybe he, you know, he's lost a little of that step and a little of his muscle. No, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same way he saved then, he saves now. In the same way he saves now, he'll save forever. There, in him, there is no shadow of turning. And so the certainty of God, now how about this? He cannot lie. So not only will he not change, but he is truth. So therefore, when you encounter his truth and he gives you a promise and you believe that he is able and then you believe that that promise will never change and he cannot lie about it, therefore he will perform it, you have certainty. You have assurance. God doesn't give us assurance in every area of life. There's all sorts of things in life. I don't know how they're going to turn out. If you said, so where's the nation of America going to go? How's it going to work, Eric? No, no. But I do know that God's going to be faithful and true throughout it. I do know that he'll be a very present help in trouble. Therefore, I will not fear. In other words, there are certain things I'm certain about. There's other things that I don't think God intended us to be certain about. But what we are supposed to be certain about, we should be certain about. And that's critical for our life as believers. Amen. <clears throat> uh, I love I love those three pieces that you flesh out in that, in that message. Uh, just as even as I ponder it, I actually think it's so helpful for my faith, which is the first one that you talk about, almost to flip them and, and talk almost in backwards <laughs> mode where yeah. the, as the more I get to know God's character and his nature, it actually showcases his power, yeah. which actually enables a greater faith. And I, I think yeah. the way you said it in the message, which I really enjoy, I really appreciated, you said it, God's faithfulness almost enables or strengthens my faith. Yeah. So that the more the more I trust in His faithfulness, the more my faith grows. Yeah. My my the more my faith grows, the more I actually throw myself upon His faithfulness. Yeah. And it's this beautiful pattern of just seeing Him as He is, trusting and putting my faith in Him. Yeah. And then the moment I do that, it actually allows enables Him to yeah. almost showcase His faithfulness yeah. in a, even in a, in a greater way. And I think I and I know you have similar stories, but I know in my life, the moment I begin actually wreck recognize that the word of God is in fact the words of God, yeah. that, that as you just said, God cannot lie. It actually changes everything because mm -hmm. now you start looking at the word of God saying, not just 
Uh, it's not just the cute moral stories. It's not just, you know, some great lessons. It's not VeggieTale kind of, you know, encouragements. But it's like, okay, as I come to the Word of God, these are these are the revelation. These are the words of, of God himself. This is how he's revealing himself to us. And it's a showcase of his nature, his character, his power. And the more I get to know his word, the more it actually emboldens my faith in the God of that word. And so the moment you begin to recognize that God's word is in fact true, Amen. it actually allows you to have greater faith in that very same God and recognize, as we've said earlier, that God the same thing that God was doing back here is the same thing he's wanting to do now in our present life. And if we're going to be bold and confident and stand upon a rock in this generation, which we desperately need, yeah. the church is, is waffling to use yeah. your, to use your word. The church is being shaken. Uh, the church is being shown that it's very weak in this state. And I think as believers, we need to be on a firm rock. Uh, we need to be on that rock of Jesus Christ well, how are we going to do that? Well, we need to recognize that God's pattern, uh, this revelation that he's given us is a declaration of his nature and yeah. power. So I just, I love that idea that we need those three things, but it's almost like if you want to increase your faith though, yeah. you start on the other end and yeah. start learning and, and knowing and seeing God showcases mm-hmm. his nature and his power, yeah. which then helps your faith. It's true. I think assurance and certainty, it's going to sound funny, but we would think of that as a full grown thing. Like when we have it, it's full grown, but it's, it's sort of like we get the seed of assurance. It's like, yeah, I'm totally confident. But then I take that confidence that I have in Christ and I believe him in the midst of a difficulty, in the midst of a trial, in the midst of a test, whether it's financial, whether it's health, whether it's some other practical thing relationally, you know, whatever it is, we have circumstances all the time to exercise this. And so I start with faith, but I don't realize how small my faith is. And, but I invest the little I have and it's a confidence. It's a confidence that God is able to do it. And when I see God prove faithful, that grows my faith, which we could say my assurance, my certainty, my trust up. And so as a result throughout our life, that assurance that we start with, it's like, why would I need to waffle? Even as a new believer, I know that I am going to be with Christ when all is said and done and this world ends and this, it's burned up. I know where I'm going to be. And how could a young believer be so confident in that? Because the word of God makes it clear. You don't have to have a totally matured faith to actually have full assurance. And yet as that full assurance experiences and exercises itself, it grows stronger and stronger, more robust with every passing day. And that's what's exciting about the Christian life. It's not a downhill uh, slide into mediocrity. It's actually an ever-increasing thing. Just like a great athlete, you get stronger with every exercise. You don't get weaker. And that's what God is doing in us as well. And I think it's important to recognize, too, that you could, I think from an outside perspective, you could look at this idea of certainty and assurance and almost see it as arrogance, that there's this cockiness, there's this boldness. But in reality, it's actually a great humility because it's not an, it's not a it's not a confidence in ourselves. It's actually a great confidence in our God, and which is which is not arrogance. That's it's right. actually a reckon a realization that we are weak. He is strong. That that I don't have it, but He does, and therefore we can be unmovable. We can be unshakable. We can be intrepid in any circumstance because of who our God is, not because of who we are. I think it's yeah. really important to remember. Yeah, in a world that is postmodern or even post-postmodern now, uh, 
where certainty is actually almost like a bad word. Yep. It's it, it it's translated as arrogance. And uh, it is an interesting thing to exercise this, but I tell you what, it's what we need right now. In an age of shrinking wafflers, we need to know the mechanics of certainty. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, from our campus in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekly sermon is delivered live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings with a delayed live stream available at noon Mountain Time. Go to ellerslie.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Note that our live in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume on weekdays this coming June at the Ellerslie campus in conjunction with our discipleship training season. Thanks for listening.